Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. right now does anybody wake up this morning feeling like maybe god was on another planet (laughs) sometimes it's weird because we don't feel the holy spirit so i'm going to be preaching today and i'm really going i want to wrestle with this question to what it is to say how can the holy spirit the creator of the universe be with me right now in what i am experiencing today through what i'm suffering through through what i'm glad about where where why can't i see god And why is it when I'm going through the hardest times does it feel like God might be even further away than I expected? I have big questions about these things. I'm a professional theologian, and I still and always do have big questions about God's presence, where he is, what he is doing, and so on. I have a story. One of the most famous preachers in the late 1800s was a guy named Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was like, I don't know if there's such a thing as a rock star preacher, but if there was a rock star preacher, it was Charles Spurgeon. He traveled everywhere and was known for it. I have some original books written by by him, and he he would command crowds of thousands to talk about God. But there was a rumor going around about Charles Spurgeon, and it is this. He's greedy, because you know why? Him and his wife had some chickens, and they had eggs from those chickens, and they would sell them at full price to people around them. Even to their friends and family, they would sell chicken eggs at full price. People would come by and say, hey, we are poor. Can we have some of your eggs? He'd say, no, I sell them at full price. And people thought, look, it's gone to his head. He's all fancy pants preacher now, and now he's even selling his eggs at full price. What a guy. Well, he accepted the criticism. He He didn't correct anybody. He said, yep, I sell my eggs at full price. And word started to spread amongst those about this kind of character that he was. When he and Mrs. Spurgeon died, the full story was revealed. Charles Spurgeon had been taking all the profit from his eggs, and he was using them to support two widows who were his neighbors, who did not have very much. But he believed God's spirit, in his heart, he believed God's spirit is working between me and these widows and I have these eggs, and I'm going to use all the money I get to support them. But I can't tell a soul. That's how God's Spirit works. In the quiet thread, in the quiet interstitial places of life. Between me and these widows. If I went out, he thought, and shared with everybody that I sell my eggs uh, and give all the money to my widows, it would out them, and they would feel ashamed. So he did it quietly, and no one found out until he was dead. He endured the tax in silence, and continued to sell his eggs for others. You see, these Spurgeons, they lived out of their belovedness. They knew who they were and whose they were. And so our sermon series is all about beloved, who God says we are and what that does in us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, as beloved people of God, we can have this quiet power and presence 
in the world, to share in our lives. Eggs given quietly. What a strange way to change the world. You know what I did on Wednesday? This is, this is what I did on Wednesday. I, I took a look at my day to see how, just how ordinary, this is what your, your, your pastor's up to. At 6 a.m., Chris and I had breakfast. We sit at A&W. Sometimes we're the only people there, although we did bump into some other Lake Ridge folks there once, and it was fantastic. It was like a revival at A&W at 6 a.m. We had, I had breakfast with Chris. Then I went to the gym with Bruce and Mitch at 6.40. Then I had tea uh, with Jennifer and Tricia to talk about children's ministry. Then I got the mail. Then I answered some other emails. I did some writing and all this before noon. Sometimes I fill up with gas at the, at the no frills because I get some points. Then I buy some milk and some bread. And this week I gave some blood at the lab and chatted with the lady there. Then I built a Lego treehouse with Scotia uh, later in the day. And we had a guest stay in our guest bedroom for a few nights. And I dropped off some cheese to my mom because I know she likes blue cheese. And I found a really good one. In a way, nothing happened on my Wednesday, did it? Nothing. I'm probably not going to remember this day. It's going to go the way of the dodo with, with all the other ones. But Eugene Peterson, he points out and he says that because of the Holy Spirit, we can see each day differently. Each day is quite different. The life, this life in this context of God working everything out for righteousness, holiness, and tending to his creation that he loves, God is doing all of this in me, and not just, or, and his presence is not just around me, but carried in my very life, and it is accessible to me and those around me in a mysterious way how I live and move every day. I grew up in the Pentecostal church. So I experienced the Holy Spirit in some pretty powerful ways. If you ever want to have coffee with me and talk about some of Preston's experiences encountering the Holy Spirit, I will fill your day. I have met the Holy Spirit in ways that have moved me. My body, my words, the way I think, words coming out of my mouth. I have been enveloped in moments of God's just bright shining glory. And I sometimes am nervous to share those stories because they're a little bit even much for me to put my head around. But most of the days, I experience the Holy Spirit driving to the gas station and wonder, what am I doing filling up with gas? This morning, we're exploring how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and how we come to depend on the Holy Spirit. The covenant church that we are a part of has uh, one of the affirmations. We've been working through the various affirmations of the covenant church, but one of them is a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that one of the core beliefs of our denomination the core six or seven of them is that we depend on the Holy Spirit. Or as I say, we fall into the arms of love. And we fall into the arms of love daily. The one whom we live and move and have our being upholds us, upholds me. Not sometimes with a big glow and fireworks, but with his presence in my ordinary stuff of life. I really like thinking about God the Father and God the Son. This year, I've spent a whole year thinking about like the Big Bang and like how the world came to be. And I've been reading books on geology. I'm really nerdy about geology right now. And I'm like, odd that God the Father, this creator, made all the things. And now I get to walk around in it and breathe it in and enjoy it and go to the water. And I'm just in the season of awe. And then I encounter Jesus who dramatically enters the story of humanity. He touches the sick. He walks on water and he shows the creative work of God up close in the very close stuff of life, even to die on a cross and rise again. In my imagination, 
I can see Jesus. And I sometimes dream of a time that me and Jesus can sit down together. That I can reach out and touch him. And that I can feel his hug towards me. I can hear his voice and ask him my thousand questions. And sit with him and talk to him long around a campfire. It's maybe the strongest desire of my heart to spend even one hour with the person of Jesus. And I feel like I miss out on seeing Jesus face to face. Does anybody else really want to just spend an afternoon with him and say, what the heck? I have a thousand questions. I love you, Jesus. I want to be with you. Sometimes in the burping, belching noises of society around me, I just want to flee to Jesus and say, these noises are too loud for me. The pain around me is too loud. The burping and belching of the machine spewing smoke from this world around me and in my own soul, I need reprieve. And I find it only in you, Jesus. But here's something that Jesus said that is utterly profound to me. He said, it is better that you have the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 7, he says, but in fact, it is best for you if I go away, he says to his disciples. Because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. What? What? To Jesus, the best way to experience God the Father, the creator of the universe, the best way to experience Jesus is, he says, that the Holy Spirit would come to you. This is best. He explains why. He says, because the advocate, the one who fights for you, the comforter, the one who wraps you, the come-alongsider we've talked about this summer, the Holy Spirit, he is going to be in you. You see, Jesus is God with us, but the Holy Spirit is Jesus with us and in us. Can I tell you how much I want to touch Jesus? So badly. And Jesus says, it is best that the Holy Spirit, that I live in you. That is the best way to experience me. God dwells in us, Christ in us, not around us, not over there, but in us. And this is good news, Jesus says. And I'm still getting my head around it. Theologian Dale Bruner, he calls the Holy Spirit the shy member of the Trinity. Isn't that interesting? The shy member of the Trinity. Quietly moving in Preston as he moves around town. Working in ordinary people like you and me who carry the full life of God in our hearts. How can God work in simple and small ways? Can this world be transformed by God working in Preston? Driving around town, having his cell phone calls, having his coffees, planning the things. It seems like a bad strategy to fix all that's broken in the world, doesn't it? We want bigger. We want stronger. Wouldn't it be amazing if some pillar of fire would come down and show us, I don't know, burn up all the bad things, right? That's what Jesus' disciples wanted. They said, these, these Samaritans, we don't like them. Maybe let's call down fire on them and see God at work. And Jesus said, no, you're missing it. Let's go instead and stay with them for a few days. Einstein wrote, he said, any intelligent fool can make things bigger and more complex. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. It seems to me that the genius of the Holy Spirit is that God is working in the simple and small ways. 
working in the small and ordinary stuff of life. We don't see the parting of the Red Sea. We don't see the pillar of smoke and fire in the way that we might want or expect. I don't see plagues pouring out on my enemies, although some days I wish it would. But I do see God's Spirit, Jesus says, who is the best at shaping in me in a way that no firework ever could. I love this quote by Stanley Hauerwas. He says this, Only the one true God can take the risk of ruling by relying on the power of humility and love. I'm going to say that again. Only the one true God can take the risk of ruling by relying on the power of humility and love. Only the God who made something so big can risk entering and living in the smallness of our hearts and having us experience Him in that way. It is, according to Einstein, genius to go small. Genius to work in simple ways in our lives. One of the ways that the Bible describes the Holy Spirit is like wind. I'd ask everybody to blow out, but then we'd be have a COVID event here or something, right? Wind. We talk about this a lot, and it's a weird one. And I asked my gardening friend, Lyndon Penner, I said to him, Lyndon, you're a gardener. Is wind important? The Holy Spirit's called wind. But I asked him, I said, is wind, what does wind do? He says, wind is vital for growing things. I said, what do you mean? He says, do you know that if there was no wind, no air movement around plants, they would be covered in mold and mildew. They would rot. Airflow is vital to growing things. If there is no wind through a garden, everything would get mildewy and rot, and you would have nothing bloom and grow. He said, and most things are pollinated by wind. It picks up pollen from one tree and moves it over to another. There are, he said, there are trees in places that there should not be trees because of wind. And then he says, and then when you actually get something pollinated, seeds need to go out, and many of them go out by wind. He says, everything depends on wind. And he said to me, he turned to me and he says, you're saying that's a word for God? Because <laughs> he says, that would fit. That God would move like wind. Wind is a life-giving force in a garden. Wind makes things thrive. But it's often the least celebrated thing we talk about, right? Things would rot. Things would not grow. So what would it be like without the Holy Spirit? How would you experience God today at Lake Ridge if there was no Holy Spirit working quietly, humbly, and lovingly? Well, maybe like a moldy plant or an unfruitful tree, we would not thrive. The Greek Orthodox theologian Ignatius IV, it's crazy that I'm reading a guy with the name Ignatius IV, but here I am. He said, without the Holy Spirit, this is it. Without the Holy Spirit, God is distant. Without the Holy Spirit, Christ stays in the past. Without the Holy Spirit, the gospel is a dead letter. Without the Holy Spirit, salvation is just wishful thinking. Without the Holy Spirit, the church is simply an organization. Without the Holy Spirit, authority becomes domination. Without the Holy Spirit, mission is just propaganda. Without the Holy Spirit, worship is just begging God. And without the Holy Spirit, Christian action is the morality of slaves, he says. Did you know Lake Ridge can try to be Lake Ridge without the Holy Spirit. But it's just an organization. I'd have to work hard to convince you to do something here. 
those neighbors that we try to love all the time, we would just have to, I don't know, come up with a new project or program on our own effort. And guess what it would descend into? It would descend into bickering feuds and fighting, power grabs and shambles. And it's happened throughout history. Whenever we say we don't need to rely and actively throw ourselves into the care of a loving God, we have to take it on ourselves and it comes apart. And right now in the world, I tell you things are coming apart. Because we have thought that we can rely on ourselves. But in the covenant church, we say we thrive only because we have a conscience dependence on the Holy Spirit. We throw ourselves into the arms of love. The one who calls us the beloved. Beloved, stumbling into the arms of love. That is us. So I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with this. The New Testament is full of uh, imagery as to what God is doing in us, so what the Holy Spirit does in us. We are given gifts to heal, to offer wisdom, to see clearly and speak courage. The Holy Spirit says in 1 Corinthians, it, it, is like a, it brings together pieces of a body. Everybody here plays a part in the body. And then it also says in Galatians that, that then we bear fruit like a tree, blown in the wind, pollinated, and now growing something. These are images that Paul's throwing out to try to say, this is what it's like to have the Holy Spirit breathe through your lives. You are given things. Stuff comes together and grows and you bear fruit. But only if you're willing to stop and see the miracle of God's Holy Spirit at work in you. But Paul, he has one way to talk about the Holy Spirit. I think it's beautiful. We took this scripture a little bit earlier, but from 1 Corinthians 13. It's all about love. Beloved. That is who we are. And so the Holy Spirit is sometimes called the flame of love. <laughs> because it's love that changes us. And so this is what Paul says after he talks all about the Holy Spirit. He says this, If I give everything I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't have love, I have gotten nowhere, he says. So no matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. This love, this Holy Spirit who comes and dwells in us, Jesus says, this is best. <laughs> this is best. Jesus says to his friends in Luke, So if, a sinful, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know what? I, I spoil my children. When they ask me for something, I usually give it. It's, 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 a, it's a challenge. Kelly's shaking her, her head over there. It's tough being a dad with two little girls. You calling you... Yeah, 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 you, I, I, he is, he is empathizing. Jesus says, if you ask their father for the Holy Spirit, 
he will give you the Holy Spirit. If you ask the Father for the full weight of the presence of this creative God, loving, compassionate Jesus to come and dwell in you, the Father goes, you bet. I'm right there. I am in you. God is doing small and simple things, I think, because God is a genius. He is renewing all things, not in the sky or a distant land, but in you right now here in this community. That's why we have the kids in with us today. We wanted to have the kids in with us because I think kids show us what it is to have the Holy Spirit in our midst, to be honest. We are people who are learning what it is to follow Jesus, and I think we are learning by the flame of love, the Holy Spirit at work in us. So my friends, please please stand with me as I offer a benediction and a closing thought. You this week might have heard the loud, belching, burping, smoke-filled, noisy clang of a world that's telling you you are not beloved. I know that I have. I felt the pressure inside of me over and over again, and I had to run to Jesus over and over again and say, tell me it's not so. Tell me I'm more loved than I feel right now, because I don't feel very loved today. Holy, friends, Holy Spirit is working in you in the ordinary stuff of your life. And I tell you that if you take a moment and say to the Father, show me where you are at work, I believe the winds of the Holy Spirit will show you where He is moving in you. Is it at A&W at 6 a.m. with my friend Chris? I can look back now and say, you bet it was. Is it a hug from my wife when I wasn't doing very well this morning? Yes, it was. Was it with my friends talking about kids ministry? Yes, it was. And I look back and I go, Holy Spirit is at work in us everywhere. Throw yourself at the Holy Spirit. Cast yourself upon His loving arms. He is near. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and grant you His peace as you go from here, my Spirit-filled friends. Amen? Amen. Be blessed, everyone. Thank you.